We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it is Monday, November thirteenth. You know what we do on Mondays? It's Mondays with McCool. I bring on James McCool, the co-author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a fifteen-hour audio DFS masterclass, as well as the Theory of DFS for advanced players with the custom Excel tools. You can pick up, pick up both of these. Theory of DFS. Dot com. Hit that thumbs up button a new way in the door. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, James. Yeah. I was doing pretty, pretty, pretty damn well after the first set of games. And then like any high price player in the late games, just uh, they just took a, uh, took a big chunk, uh, chunk of money away from me. Uh, we're going to go into results DB in a second. Uh, the some of the ownership on that ended up happening on the slate was wild. Like I don't know if I was more off on certain certain stacks and certain players that I had been this past week. I don't know if it, it would have changed that much. I mean, 
it it was it was people I were I, I thought were overowned as they were, and then they come in even more overowned. Uh, but in general, uh, I, I won in cash on on DraftKings yesterday. Uh, lost on FanDuel, kind of broke even ish on props. Kind of kind of a day that if I didn't do all that work, if I didn't watch Red Zone, if I didn't do anything like my my bank account would have pretty much been the same so it's kind of like oh that was entertaining that was a that was what seven eight hours of commercial free football for uh <laughs> for nothing really kind of how was how was your sunday uh i did not break even uh i had i had three of my five lineups bubble basically everything um which was a bummer because the late games were pretty much what killed me um I had a, a Dallas stack, I had a Cincinnati stack, and I had a Charger stack, and they scored in respectively 157, 154, and 159. Um, so those are bad scores. I mean, that that's no. that's that's near near the cash line. Yeah, right? yeah I bubbled everything. I was basically within 10 points of cashing on all of my main lineups. Uh, I was split across, you know, the 150, the 100 SE, 50, all that kind of stuff, so. Um, a little bit tilting. I went out of the first games feeling pretty good for the most part. Um, but then, man, those weekend game or the, the afternoon games were just killer overall. Uh, if you did not eat the ownership on a lot of these guys, you were just murdered. So um, I, I thought I thought there was a really good GPP week. Uh, I liked the way that I went into it. I was really heavy on Keenan Allen. I thought that he was the best play on the slate and he turned out to be the best play on the slate. But like there were just certain things. It was just, it was a chalkier week than I had hoped that it would be. And I ate some, some of the wrong pieces of chalk. Yeah. I'm going to bring up some of my lineups as we go over. Let me bring up. Uh, I, I always throw them all in front of play action. I focus myself in GPP on games. Because when the when the, the 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 scoring is low, and of course of course I can't of them, I've got to log in. The thing the thing about this is that we, with the DFS side is that when you're logged into like their sportsbook side, like they log you out like every ten minutes yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So you constantly have to log in and log out. But I I focus more on game based lineups than team based lineups. So if I could just bring this up right here, let me let me put this. On the screen. So if I go to my whatever, go to the play action. So I always throw all my light. Fourteen lineups, and I just full full out. I mean, I was full out, like not even playing certain games at all. Yeah. So if I go to my go to my teams, go to my go to where's my go to my teams. Show only mine. Show only mine. Okay, there there you go. So like my best lineup was one seventy two. Yeah. And it and it's like okay. I'll play. I'll, I don't mind playing chalk, you know, Texans, Bengals, but I want to play five guys. I want to go Burrow, Boyd, Chase, Singletary, Dell. Yeah. Right. And then fit in the best around it. Right. Buccaneers, Rashad White correlation, you know, Bijan Robinson, Evan Ingram at tight end. There you go. Right. Second lineup, Josh Dobbs. Oh. I love this. I love this lineup going into the late games. Yeah. I loved it. He's like in seventh place in some like whatever hundred dollar single entry, right? Dobbs, Addison, who died in the second half and didn't do anything. 
Hawkinson, who was on obviously only playing. Hawkinson was only going to play in 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 important snaps, which were yeah. just all defensive snaps. So I guess those were the most important snaps to play. Right. And then Kamara and Olave coming back. Like I, I want two piece, I want three plus two in a lot of these lineups. Burrow, another Burrow lineup. Like my worst lineup was was a Heineke lineup. Oh, I Heineke, support that though. Yeah. London, Pitts. Right. And then then you then this is the lineup that you play like Marquise Brown. Right. Yeah. This is the lineup that you play McBride or something like that. Right. Here's a Trevor Lawrence. I played I the games I was focused on, I played two Lawrence lineups, two Purdy lineups. Right. Out of my 14. So I have four lineups from the San Francisco Jacksonville game. I have uh four lineups from the Heineke from the Arizona Atlanta game. So I have two Kyler lineups and two Heineke lineups. Then I played uh Baker Mayfield. I didn't play the other side. I just played Baker Mayfield side with, you know, Hopkins and Unconquo coming back. Mayfield, White, Evans. And then uh, Josh Dobbs, not Carr on the other side, but Josh Dobbs on that side. And then Burrow with no, not CJ Stroud on the other side. So that's, those are the games. And it's like, yeah. if, if you were from the Packers or the Steelers, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have any Packers, no Steelers. No, the only one off from, other games I had was like Amon Ross St. Brown as a one-off, right? Because you have a spot. If you're not going to play Chase in the lineup, you're sitting there going, do you play – you're you're in that McCaffrey, the AK zone as a one-off kind of a utility player. So, like, I had some Amon Ross St. Brown in there as well. But I was so much more focused on the games. And if we take a look at results, DB, this is from the Millie. This is I, – I, I don't – I didn't, I could, I, I was so far off this. I, I don't know how it got. I'm going to ask you, why was Jared Goff 14% owned in the Millie? Like I take a look at this and I go, okay, I predicted Joe Burrow to be the chalkiest quarterback. And I thought he was going to be the stack. He was going to be like 18% owned. And it's like, do I even play Burrow at that? It's like, oh, I'll have two Burrow lineups and I'll just game stack it. Because a lot of people may not play five guys from the game. They'll just play three or four. Uh, so, I mean, I knew he was going to be high owned. but And I also thought the second highest owned would be Geno Smith. Yep. Right? Same. Geno Smith with Lockett and Metcalf and JSN and that game. I thought Goff would come in at like 7% or something like that. And I was considering playing that, but that game had a lot of expensive pieces. So like to play five guys from that game, like it was nearly impossible. I'm not playing Eckler, Allen, I'm on right. You can't, you can't, you have no, you have no money left. Uh, the thing, it's not just Goff. Will Levis 11%. Like I thought Will Levis, I will Levis projected for like 4% ownership. And even that I had as over owned. And then even weirder, Taysom Hill was 8.7% owned as not even the quarterback for the Saints. Kyler I, Murray was only 6%. Why, why was Kyler Murray under Purdy? Why was Kyler Murray, of all people, lower owned than Levis, Purdy, 
I mean, I mean, some of them are recent. Yeah, I could see why Stroud is owned because of last week, right? Dak, I could see, I could see that, but people went to play Jared Goff at sixty four hundred, twice as likely <laughs> as Tyler Murray coming back at fifty nine hundred when he normally would be priced in the seven Ks. Yeah. So uh, here's here's a statement. This looks like everybody just subbed to RPS this week. <laughs> just jammed no, but this, is, this is the million. This is this is 177,000 entries. No, I, I know that. I know it's it's a joke statement, obviously. Um, but like, I heard a lot of people talking about Will Levis, and like that was in like the the cheat sheet thing or whatever the big T posted on Twitter, and like Will Levis, and I don't know why I had like five questions in the morning about Will Levis, and I was like, guys, I'm not. I don't know why. No, no, no. Will Levis, I could, I could get. Yeah, I mean, Will Levis, I could see this. I could see taking a shot on a rookie. No, yeah, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't see why I was getting so many questions about it. It's just out of nowhere on a slate yeah, like where this. Does, where does the golf ownership come from? Well, the golf that was the best game environment on the slate. Like I, I did not have Jared Goff projected for fourteen percent ownership. I had him projected for six percent ownership. But like me seeing that Jared Goff got steamed up when we knew that Amon Ross St. Brown was going to be high owned, like and and that that game environment between the Chargers and the Lions makes a lot of sense. Both these teams are high upside. Well, while like I can see higher ownership on Jared Goff. I couldn't see 14%. I wouldn't have projected that, but I, I certainly could see him being relatively highly owned. The Will Levis thing is dumb. The Taysom Hill thing, what? God. That's That was the weirdest one to me. It's like... I don't... Well, why is he I don't even know what to say. Owned? Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. That's, that is... Taysom Hill was more higher owned at 5,100 than Baker Mayfield at the same price as a real quarterback. And right. Tyler Murray at 800 more. I mean, Gino, he was higher on than Gino, Gino Smith. Like, you play Taysom Hill. I mean, it's not like there were – I look at the wide receiver ownership. It's not like Rashid Jaheed and Chris Olave were both 6% owned. So it's like, where does this Taysom Hill – I mean, of course, it's the Millie. If we, go, if we look at – uh, if I go to the 555, the 5,000 entry, yeah, $555 milli, I mean, this is going to look much different, right? You take a look at this. This is much more. I mean, look, Taysom Hill, 3.8% on. I mean, still, that's still, I mean, I, I still think that's high. But we take yeah. a look at this, and it's like, this is what I'm, I looked at more. Look, Will Levis, 7%. Sure. RO, 13. Gino at 9 Right, the, the, this was more of what I was expecting. Right, we take a look at wide receiver in comparison. Say, I expected Hopkins to be on. I expected St. Brown to be on. Obviously, Trent Irwin in in sharper contests was more owned than Tyler Boyd, and vice versa in the in the in the in the regular milli. Right, Tyler Boyd was way more owned. Than Irwin in the twenty dollar milli compared to five fifty five. I was tilting my entire face off on that first Irwin touchdown. Yeah, but my he only touched the ball three times. He only had three catches, right? Yeah, well, it doesn't mean that the tilt isn't happening when he starts oh, of off course, the game. I'm just saying he didn't touchdown. break the slate or anything. It just for anyone that's victory lapping Trent and Irwin, just realize if it, it's one of these. It's one of these things, right? I 
I go by, if you knew the information beforehand, would you have still made the same decision? And I go, and I look at it and I go, if, if you knew that Trent Irwin was going to get targeted only four times, would you have still jammed him? And the answer was no. And I didn't jam him. So like, that's no. fine. And then you could say the same thing. If you knew the score of the Cowboys game, if you knew the score, the actual score of the Cowboys game, would you would still like Tony Pollard? Would you have still played Tony Pollard in more in 40% of your lineups? And I would have. And yeah. I would have then he's the only one that doesn't score on the team. I know. He's the only one that doesn't do anything on the team. I I wrote up for the Cowboys. I wrote up a Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, and CeeDee Lamb stack. I thought that was what I thought was the best stack to go with. And then Tony Pollard ends up with 55 rushing yards and Jack shit else. Just the worst. Right. If we look at, at their running back ownership, Mick. The difference, like, it's it's one of these things that people like clicking on certain people and not others. Like, right. the high-stakes the high players, the sharper players, don't mind playing Mixon, even though he's horrible, right? Yeah. So we see in the Millie, Mix, Mixon was the highest-owned running back, but then Pollard was the second. Then Bijan, then Rashad White, then McCaffrey. Har- Najee Harris at 13%. But, I mean, no one wanted to play Devin Singletary, and I played Devin Singletary. I did not play Devin Singletary. <laughs> if 30 okay, look, for 150 and a touchdown. If I'd have known that he was only going to be 5% owned, I would have played him. Yeah, but I, I why, why would you have thought he was going to be anything more? I didn't think he would be double digit on at all. I thought he would be 8%, like something like that. And he came in at 7.7. What did you project his ownership? Like, you couldn't have projected him for higher than what? 12 or 14? No, or like 10%. Like 10%. If I'd have known that okay, he was going to be so half of that. But I I did not like him enough to play him at a point where there was even a risk of him being 10 to 15% out. I really, I didn't like the running back chalk much at all this week. So I was looking for these cheaper guys. Like I played Jerome Ford. I played Brian Robinson. I would have played Singletary had I known that he was going to be 5% out. That, that's right, a I mean, you played good guys also. I mean, Brian Robinson obviously did well. Yeah, yeah. Jerome Ford was barely, I mean, he got, got you 14, 15 points. Yeah, I mean, 300, but like, we don't look back and be like, oh, those guys did well. Like I left Devin Singletary out and it was a process mistake. Cause if I, I should have left him in, had he been lower on than that. That's annoying. Taking a look at a little bit more of this, this ownership. I mean, I, I, I thought DeAndre Hopkins on DraftKings was just way, I mean, I didn't have him at 28, but I had him at 20 and running lineups. I had the only time I played DeAndre Hopkins was in a Baker Mayfield lineup. Like that, I purposely, like my two Baker Mayfield lineups had Hopkins, but I ain't playing one off Hopkins. I'm also not playing one off Deontay Johnson. I played one off Deontay Johnson, but I was not going to touch DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I had him at 16% owned. Like I, I had him projected there, and that was over owned. So him coming up at 28% owned is like, and that's probably what led to the Will Levis ownership, right? Like, right. people just correlating that, I guess. What What were you do? What did you do in the morning with the chase thing? Because we see, I mean, the biggest difference on the slate. If let's say you have to, you have to think that if we played the slate out again, and Chase wasn't on the injury report, and everything was fine, like there was literally nothing wrong with Jamar Chase, and we got okay, T Higgins is out, and they're facing the Texans. And Chase is 8,600. You have to think that 
Chase being 11% owned, all this ownership from Amon Ross St. Brown just goes all to, like, Amon Ross St. Brown comes in at 11% owned, and Chase comes in at 30% owned, and obviously you get rid of Trent Irwin. Like, Trent Irwin would be, end up being, like, that sneaky 4% play because people are like, they're going to play Boyd in his absence, you know, in Tiggins' absence. But, like, I played Chase in a Burrow lineup, but I, it was very hard for me to tell what people were going to do with Chase. I knew yeah. exactly what people were going to do with Hawkinson. Like, I knew Hawkinson was, like, people were not going to touch him, so I will play that in the Josh Dobbs lineup. The thing the thing that annoyed me was uh, I originally had Hawkinson in my DraftKings cash lineup. Now, I did well in DraftKings cash anyway, so it didn't matter. But I had Hawkinson and uh, the Cardinals defense. And then once I saw that, well, Hawkinson may not play as many snaps, and it's like, I, I originally had Chase in my DraftKings cash lineup, right? I originally had both of them. But it's like, I don't head into cash games where you're looking for median outcomes. Like, I don't want to take on risk for no reason. There's plenty. I'll play Amon Ross St. Brown instead of Chase. And I don't mm -hmm. have to worry about it, right? I don't have to worry about him, right? I take out Hawkinson. I put in Engram. I don't have to worry about him, right? And then I see in the first half, Hawkinson is, you know, He's out injured on every play. Like, it's like he's he's one step away from being on the IR on like, he catches the ball, gets tackled, and then has to sit out two snaps. And then he comes back and he does it all over again. But the key on this slate to me was how you handled the chase news. And had I known, I don't know. See, the thing is that 11% of the Millie, I would think is a little bit under-owned. But the thing that I was trying to gauge was, I'd love to play Jamar Chase at single-digit owned. But I want to avoid him like the plague if he actually comes in over 20% owned. And I didn't know what the field was going to do. If they were treating it as he's good to go. And I also expected Burrow's ownership to be so much higher than it was. So obviously, the more Burrow that's being played, the more Chase is likely to be played. So like, yeah, I had Chase in my Burrow, my two Burrow lineups, but... How did, how did you how did you handle that Bengals situation? I mean, I so, obviously you didn't play Trent Irwin. You're tilting the fact that he scored a touchdown. Yeah, I didn't. I I wasn't gonna touch. Um, I I wasn't gonna touch Trent Irwin one way or another. So I I figured that Jamar Chase was gonna play basically from Friday. Um, they said that he was that it was just a pain thing. Um, and that they, he was gonna warm up with the intention to play. And then as soon as he started warming up, they're like, oh well, you know, it's it's a pain thing. There's nothing structurally wrong. Whenever I see there's nothing structurally wrong with somebody, it's it's an NFL player, man. He's going to get out there. He's going to make sure he does his thing. So the question was really, well, how is that going to hand? How is that going to affect his ownership? And as I was looking at the trending ownership, because I, I run a trending map of ownership from Thursday through Sunday, so that we can see who is gaining steam throughout the week, right? Um, Trent Irwin was getting way steamed up by the time I did my last ownership run for Sunday morning. Um, he was projecting for 17% ownership. So like when you see that, it, it's like people are jumping on Irwin, people are jumping off Jamar Chase. If you look at the negative trend, um, Jamar Chase was one of the ones that was having that negative ownership trend. The question was like, at, by the end of the day, I had him projected for 18% ownership. Which way is he going to go? I was fine with him up to like, 
30% ownership where Amon Ross St. Brown ended up. And anything under that is gravy. So I was more than happy to have him. The problem was I, I liked Keenan Allen more than I liked Jamar Chase in a vacuum. I liked Keenan Allen more than I liked Amon Ross St. Brown in a vacuum. I mean, and so then once, like, once you deal once you deal with the ownership that Keenan Allen is eight percent owned, I mean, that was sick. If, you, if, you, if your attitude was is that if everyone if all of them were the same ownership, you'd prefer Keenan Allen. Yeah, that means like all the all the leverage you're getting here is like free to you. Yeah, it was great. Um, I, I had Keenan Allen anywhere that I could have him outside of stacks. I had a Cincinnati stack where obviously I paired with Chase, and then on my uh, Charger stack I had both Keenan Allen and Amon Ross St. Brown. But outside of that, anywhere where I could afford to have a high-priced wide receiver, I had Keenan Allen. Um, so Jamar Chase, it was like, it, it was, how were people going to handle it? And I figured that people were still going to play him. I thought he was going to come in somewhere around 20% owned. I did not think that he was going to drop ownership. So that drop in ownership was really, really nice. The problem was that if even if you nailed getting Jamar Chase, it didn't matter because CD Lamb crushed and Keenan Allen crushed. And so it, it, Brown crushed. And there was no there was no payoff, basically, from nailing right. Jamar Chase being underowned. Now, if those guys failed and you got Jamar Chase eleven percent ownership, that's easy street. Like that's great. You you made the right choice, you nailed it, you got paid out for it. The problem was that that was not the spot where you got paid out. The spot where you got paid out this week was basically running back, where I was wrong. I, I nailed wide receiver, but I, I got killed on running back. So I, I actually thought that the question on this slate was how do you handle Rashad White and how do you handle Joe Mixon? Those were the two guys, well, and B. John Robinson, but it's fade B. John Robinson until like next year, basically. Um, he, did, he did fine. They gave him the ball. He was appropriately priced and he was overowned. Well, they gave him the ball. At least they gave him the ball. Results oriented. Anyway, um, I just figured, I figured it was more about Rashad White and Joe Mixon and um, how you handled those guys on this slate. Obviously, uh, Rashad White ended up doing well. I sided with the Joe Mixon side, mostly because I had the money to do so. But I, I thought that that was where you were really going to be making your money or not. Um, and Tony Pollard, obviously. But going into the slate, again, if you tell me Dallas scores 49 points and the Giants only have 17, I'm playing Tony Pollard. It, it, like, it does not matter. I'm just playing Tony Pollard in that. So, um, this, this was, this was a really interesting week where I think that a lot of the decisions that you had to get right, even if you got them right, the payoff was not quite as much as the, as the leverage that you would have gained. I, I just, I don't think that making all the correct decisions this week really paid you out all that well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the one thing we mentioned before about uh, Dallas, how often do we ever see? I don't know, ever. I'm not sure that the most expensive, that a $4,400 defense on DraftKings. Now, the FanDuel pricing on defense makes it, and the whole pricing in general on FanDuel, makes it so much easier to pay up at defense, mm-hmm. right? Because the, the the way the salary cap works there. But on DraftKings, you're often very incentivized to pay down at defense. But to have a $4,400 defense be 33% owned, uh yeah, good, good, good luck, good luck to you. I mean, I, I, I looked at all the sharp lineups, all the like people I know in cash games. Yeah, everyone played the Dallas defense, and I'm the only one that played the Browns. Like literally, like the only because I don't care. I maybe it's a weakness of mine, James, but the heuristics that I use, especially in cash games, are I don't care what the Dallas defense projects for because defense is so ridiculous to project. That I'm gonna pay down. I'm the the cheapest defense I was willing to play was the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna plug in the Cardinals and then I'm gonna run the aggregated optimal mm-hmm. and go, oh, Hawkinson is in it. And I don't want to deal with that risk. Oh, Chase is in it. I don't want to deal with that risk. So I X those guys out and I run it with the Cardinals and I get a 49-5 lineup. Right. So I take out the Cardinals because the Browns actually projected higher than the Cardinals. Yeah. And I get the Browns lineup. And I go, okay, I guess I'm going with I'm going guess I'm going with this. By plugging the Cowboys, it's like, oh, that means I I it's I don't get Amon Ross St. Brown anymore. Like, oh, I, I have in order to play this lineup, I need to play Trent Irwin on a questionable target share. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, nope, this is fine. I'll play, I'll play play the Browns defense. And the only time I played the Dallas defense were in lineups where, like, like I think I played it in one lineup, and I think that was primarily, like, an, a Falcons-Kyler yeah. lineup. Because once you plug in McBride and Marquise Brown and Bijan and London, like, you have so much money that yeah. even even if you even if you play Christian McCaffrey and Amon Ross St. Brown, like, you still play – you still could get the Cowboys defense. So, like, that was the only time. But you know how many people were tilting? The Dallas defense, even though you saw, if you watch the game, that the Giants are probably going to get the number one pick in the draft this year. Yeah. The way their offense is, I mean, they they really they don't they don't even have it. They Tommy DeVito is not a serviceable no. NFL quarterback. Like uh, you look at Clayton Toon and go, I wish the Giants go, I wish I had a guy like that. Yeah. That's how bad Tommy DeVito is. Uh, how but how Dallas is he on that? Thing, how is he on that roster? Uh, an emergency, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, sure. Praise the practice like, squad guy, I guess. If if you are if you are so bad that you're not a serviceable third string quarterback, like you shouldn't even be on a roster. Well, I, I think like, it's that more to the matter. fact that Dan, Daniel Jones was paid all that money. And they're like, oh, we'll get Tyrod Taylor, and that's a serviceable backup. And then it's just emergency guy practice squad. And then injuries happen so quickly that it's like. Yeah. That they couldn't get Josh Dobbs into quarterback them as well. Bad. Anyway, um, I think that that is a leak of yours. 
staying away from the highest owned defense in cash. A lot of GPPs. Who cares about that? Um, but like, you don't want you don't want to lose to defense. I don't you, care. No, screw that. I don't mind losing to defense. <laughs> I don't mind. That was aggressive. If it that James, the difference is it's if if it's the cheap defense. Like, let's sure. say for instance, the Arizona defense. We take Dallas off the slate. And it's like the Arizona defense is 50% owned in cash games. And it's yeah. like, well, the twenty, the 2400 I'm playing the Jacksonville defense. It's, it's like at that level, that $100. But there's a big difference, a $1,400 difference in defense. Sure. I mean, that's the difference. That's the difference between, you know, playing Amon Ross St. Brown in my cash lineup or not. Or ending up with Deontay Johnson in my cash lineup, which would have been death. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Or going down to Geno Smith instead of Joe Burrow, which wouldn't have mattered as much. Mm-hmm. And of course, I I didn't love my decision in the beginning of the game of the, of the, the Baltimore game where Baltimore just runs. The, I mean, good luck. I mean, dude, look how many points were scored in that game. And was there a serviceable fantasy asset of anyone in that game? Yeah. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, I think, was probably fine. Fine, fine. But I'm just saying with the amount of points that were scored, it yeah. went over 60 and neither quarterback did like, like. I, is that the second week in a row that that's happened with the, with the Browns? Then the Browns put up like 22 fantasy points and they gave up like 30 points. Like, yeah, and then no one in the game out there. Right. Yep. No one. Lamar Jackson, right. the, 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 the Ravens have scored almost 100 points in Lamar Jackson in the past three games. And Lamar Jackson has like. One touchdown. Like, no, two times actually two. He threw it because he threw it to Ob- he threw a pass to OBJ and OBJ ran it in. So he no, no, no. I meant one rushing touchdown. He has one. Yeah, I don't rushing. Care about, who cares about rushing or I, I want them to go, like if you saw their totals, it's like, oh, the Ravens the past three weeks have put up 30 plus points. You're like, well, I'm starting Lamar and you lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I think I think the Dallas defense is right playing cash. Um I, but but to your point, it's it, it is the most variable position, obviously, in terms of projections. And and paying up for a variable thing is typically bad. It's like paying up for a, for a goalie in hockey. Which, by the way, I came in fourth in the 444 last week because are my... You, you're play, are you playing hockey also? Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you always played hockey? I, li- I love hockey. It's, dude, um, it's, it's I've started baseball. To play it's NHL, baseball and ice, me. bro. It's just baseball dude, I'm, I'm, I've been doing pretty well in NHL the good yeah well i mean i i took down 10k i was one point away from 30k last week um but my goalie put up four freaking fancy points because i played the most expensive one never played the most expensive goalie in, in freaking hockey anyway um it's like paying up for for variance is typically bad but when it comes to cash games man like you you want to block people you just do and and, and blocking people at defense is like it, it's just, I think it's no brainer. I'll block people. I'll block people in the other position. You don't even block people. You were, you were gonna play. I don't care. Take a look at my lineups this year, James. I'm typically off on the dude. The Browns were two percent owned in the twenty five dollar. That's what I'm saying. You're not blocking anyone. You're playing yeah, but I'm blocking all the other positions. How am I supposed to block everywhere? I can't block everywhere. You should block everywhere. You should block as much as you possibly can. You don't want to finish no, more than the 50th I don't play the highest home lineup. I play the lineup that's the most credible. Thing. I'm playing. I don't care what the – I don't I don't care. I didn't play Bijan in cash. I'm not taking on that risk. I'm risk. I'm a nit, right? You are I played a four-wide receiver lineup. I play, I, my cash lineup – like, but look at this. You You – I didn't play the two high. I, I believe. Can I, can we go here? I think I actually faded in my cash lineup the two highest owned 
the two highest owned slots. I didn't have either of those guys. Let, let, let me take a look. I believe so. The cow, the Cowboys defense and, and, and Trey McBride. No, I had Mixon. Okay. I had Mixon. I had Amon Ross St. Brown, but I did not have, I did not have 24 points out of Trey McBride. And I did not have the Dallas defense getting bad process. How did you, how did you not have Trey McBride? I had the money for Ingram. Bad process. Are we going to trust the one game sample size from Trey McBride with a new quarterback or Evan Ingram who who normally gets eight eight targets a game? He's 3,554% owned. Just start there and move along. I won anyway, James. I won anyway. You want to won more. It's a double up. I don't need to win more. <laughs> right. Right. Took a, this, this was my cash lineup right here. Burrow, Mixon, White, Dell, Marquise Brown, Boyd, Evan Ingram, Amara St. Brown, and the Cleveland defense. Look, look, I, I ate into all of this ownership. I right. Mean, but of course, 20, 20% on instead of playing Trent Irwin. But if you see my mentality of if you take a look at my lineup, do, do you have any. Do you feel like I, I look at this lineup and I go every spot in this lineup. I know what their role is. Their projection is not fragile, right? I know, like yeah. I know Burrow. I know Mixon. I know Rashad White. I know Tank Dell. I know Marquise Brown, even though he only got one catch. I know I much. I know a lot more about Tyler Boyd than I do about Trent Irwin. I know a lot more about Evan Ingram than I do Trey McBride. And I'm a St. Brown and the defense is who gives a crap. Yeah, I actually, I, I can't really argue with what you played. I would have really? played, dude, dude, I didn't mind playing McBride. And McBride, if I didn't want to change anything else. So it's like if I go down from Engram to McBride for a thousand, where do I put the money? I just. You, like, you, where, well, so here, I would end up, the, I would end up playing DeAndre Hopkins for no reason. I would end up being here's playing. Here's the lineup that I, that I would have played with basically that. It would have been Geno Smith, Rashad White, Joe Mixon, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tank Dell, Marquise Brown, Trey, Br- Trey McBride, Tyler Boyd, Cowboys defense. And that, that is, so that is up a defense. The, the lineup that I would have played in cash, I didn't play cash this week, but it would have been Joe Burrow, Tony Pollard, Rashad White, Tank Dell, Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd, Trey McBride, Joe Mixon, Cowboys defense. And that would have yeah, you would have lost with, with Pollard in your lineup, you're dead. You're not dead because all yeah, of those no, players, If you had Pollard in your lineup, you did not cash in cash. I, I do not believe it. What what repeat that lineup again? I guarantee you that wouldn't have cash. Joe Burrow, Tony Pollard, okay. Rashad White, Tank Dell, Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd, Trey McBride, Joe Mixon, Cowboys defense. Yeah, no, you would no, you wouldn't have you you didn't have Amon Brown. And... No, you're right. You're right. You're you know, right. you would have not even come close. My original lineup had instead of Evan Ingram, I was playing Hawkinson. That's the guy yeah. that I wanted to play, Hawkinson, and then you moved the Cleveland defense out of the Cardinals defense. If I would have done yeah. that, I would have crushed every – I mean, the dude, that was the thing, not the McBride. I mean, I didn't want to take on the risk of Hawkinson. I didn't mind McBride. The whole point is that, like, where do I block – like, like what you do I do? You have to pay like, up for – you, you get up from the defense. The, the rest yeah. of that lineup's fine. You should have played McBride. To where? To where? A thousand to what? The Seahawks? I mean, I'm not even getting up to the anything. Cowboys. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Evan Ingram projected for more raw points than Trey McBride. And he, and he was 40% loss owned. So bad process. I'm playing mostly head-to-heads. Remember, James. I'm playing mostly I, head-to-heads. I, I only play head-to-heads. I know. Why do you care about ownership? I don't care about because the ownership. Because ownership matters. Block people. 
block people. No, I'm going to make my of money the, by playing the, the better players line. of the four players that I think you should have had 100% in cash Marquise Brown, Joe Mixon, and Trey McBride tanked up. Those, those were the four that you start with. And then whatever, if you want to, if you want to do whatever else, but th- those guys should have been in every line. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I did fine. I was fine. You did? No, I, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. And it looks stupid when you look at Evan Ingram's five points when Trey McBride puts up twenty. It does look stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> right. It does. It does. Look, it does look stupid. But then you take a look at my final score, and I beat most of the Trey McBride lineups. Yeah. No, I mean that that lineup is really good outside of Evan Ingram. Like if you if you just it and it's just that two v two because you can't really go up anywhere else. Like you should have had Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tyler Boyd, Marquise Brown, Tank Dell. Like you should have had all those guys. Like if I take um, the bar, if I take the thousand out of Burrow. Right to sink to fifty eight hundred, right to Geno Smith. Yeah, I take the thousand out of here. I have five now. I have two thousand to spend, and where do I put it? And then you I, play if the I take Cowboys out defense. Boyd, I, what, I mean, where does this? Who do I play? You play Cowboys defense, and then leave a thousand and leave six hundred on the table. Leave six hundred on the table. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't think that you should have done that. I think that Joe Burrow was the right play in cash. But like, yeah, I, but, that, I that's, but that's kind of the point that I'm making. It's that it wasn't a thing of like, I didn't trust Trey McBride or it just like, it felt like I had too much money. And yeah. when I got the money that I wanted, it did. It wasn't enough. Like I couldn't upgrade any of these to, I couldn't upgrade Rashad White to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I couldn't upgrade uh, Tyler Boyd to, whoever the hell it would be to Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown. And like, if I wanted to play the, you know what you actually would have been the better process, you know, would have been better. Probably Trent Irwin over Tyler Boyd. No, no, no. I, I vastly preferred Tyler Boyd to Trent Irwin. I, well, I, no. I typically agree with you. Yeah. Uh, play Devin Singletary at $4,700 in cash, knowing that he's, I mean, if I, instead of playing Boyd, I still play Boyd. I moved to Amon Ross St. Brown. That, that, that I instead of playing, yeah, who would I see? The problem is, is that how do we, how do you not play Mixon? Yeah, you you have to play Mixon and Rashad White. Like you really right. can't. And you don't have to play Rashad White. It's just that if if you trust Devin Singletary's role, like you have to trust Rashad yeah. White's role for right. for at least median purposes. Well, and then if I you, trust if you Amon Ross St. In... Brown, it's like then I I still end up with too much. I pay. I end up have basically what ends up happening is that. Because I have a hundred left on the table, as I take out Tyler Boyd, put Amon Rob Brown in that spot, and put Singletary there, right? No, I think and that I, the only way the the only difference that you make on this, if you were actually going to like reconstruct this, is like you you can't play, and you couldn't play Devin Singletary here anyway, because then you have too much from that one Houston Cincinnati I, game. Who cares? I don't mind. So, well, no, no, no. You, when when you're building out something like a cash lineup and like. That that wasn't even the highest game total on the slate, man. Like getting getting five players and pushing in that correlation into a cash game lineup, like you just go bet on the over on that game. Or that I I don't think that that would have been right. Devin Singletary was not the right play. Uh, the, well, I, I, mean, I don't I know, dude. What we're talking about, you, you know how long it took me to enter this lineup? No, I well, yeah, the, but we just. I mean, I literally told you what I did. Just I aggregated the projections. I said I I don't mind playing the Cardinals defense. Plug that in, and then when I saw Hawkinson and Chase in the lineup, I go get rid of Hawkinson, get rid of Chase, and then I saw Bijan in the lineup. I'm like, can I play a lineup that's different 
that doesn't have Bijan in it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that lineup and then it's like, oh, it's this with 500 left and I can play the Gilderman defense. And I just like, it's like, it's 60 seconds. So it's like, right. it's not these things we're that take I spend three minutes. hours on. If we're going to take 10 minutes talking about how it's a bad process that you played Evan Ingram over Trey McBride, we might as well go all out on it and really break down the lineup, right? Like, if Ingram didn't reject for more raw points, I would have gotten Trey McBride and left 1,500. You it's a process thing. You should have just played him over. Did you the, want to the, have two Cardinals? Okay, Did you want look, to have look, two look, Cardinals look, attached look. to Kyler Murray in his first Here, Here's what we do. Here's, here's what we do. Okay, here's what we do. We are coming down from Tyler Boyd and Evan Ingram. We're playing Trent Irwin and we're playing Trey McBride. Trent Irwin projects for as much ownership as Tyler Boyd, and Trey McBride projects for considerably more ownership than Evan Ingram. And then we're taking that savings. So now we have what sixteen hundred twenty-five. Are we putting it in a money market account? Can I put it for the next slate? Can I just take that and put it on the next slate? I wish, man. I wish. Uh, and then we can either pay up from Joe Mixon up to. We're not moving. You can't fade Joe Mixon with your. No, no, no. With no, your no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You could take Rashad White because he's only twenty eight percent. Based on your your logic, you get. Basically, your logic is if, no, no, no. if every if everyone's jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge, you jump with them, right? That's your whole thing. It's like, oh, if everyone's doing, if it, it gets me to the cash line, I'll jump off whatever bridge I need to. So you, did go, you get to the you ca- go. Did you get to the cash line this week? No, leave me alone. Where <laughs> you go from? You go from Rashad White to Tony Pollard and the Cleveland defense to the Cowboys defense, and that's how you build out that lineup. That's right, that you lose. <laughs> right, that, that's exactly how It's the process, lose. not the results. It's the process, not the bridge, okay? We jump off bridges for a living. Right, it's like, what are you doing playing Evan Ingram? You're supposed to play Tony Pollard and Dray McBride and lose. You shouldn't. I don't think that you play. I don't think that you lose for that. Yes, if you played Tony Collard in your cash lineup, you did not cash. No, 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 no. This two v two of Rashad White and Evan Ingram versus Trey McBride and Tony Pollard. You Trey. absolutely get more points with Tony Pollard and Trey McBride. You one hundred percent do. Can you even do that? You can, you don't have the money to do that. You do you if you pay do down that. to the Cleveland defense. To the Cardinals. Sure. Who scored what? For, no, you would have missed. You still would have missed. Oh, yeah. I guess you pay down from the Cleveland defense. It's about the process, not the result. It seems like it seems like my 3% on defense was one of the main reasons why I... Yeah, if you want to be results-oriented, what is with you today? You're being a nit and results-oriented? This isn't a bad cash lineup. I literally made it in... No, I said it wasn't. Right. I chicken. said it was good. I said it was good. You think I like going into the slate knowing that Trey McBride is a million percent owned and I, I have Evan Ingram sitting there with well, five points? Like play Trey McBride. <laughs> Should have just left a thousand bucks on the table. Should have just did. Yeah, just who cares? What does it matter? Doesn't matter. Okay, James, Pater underscore DFS on Twitter. Yep. PaterDFS.com. Yeah, PaterDFS.com, and I, I introduced a really cool new tool for NBA today, uh, game logs, as well as a correlation matrix for teams. We, we've never um, had game logs in NBA? No, but I have game logs now for the first time over at Pater, which is really cool. Oh, okay. Um, I just thought maybe I, you just came up with game logs. It's like, oh, now you now you get to see what happened the previous games. <laughs> no. 
Uh, no, but it, it is really cool. Um, I, I built it out today. It has a couple of kind of cool things like touches and passes and expected like rebounding rates and stuff like that. So that's for you today. Um, and then, yeah, Peter underscore DFS on Twitter. Another thing you could use for free today for the time being, it's going to go away soon, only for premium members here at Roto-Grinders and that's Sim Labs. Jamino is going to have the Sims up for tonight's uh, showdown slate, the Bills versus the Broncos. And uh, obviously later today, we'll have uh, Grinders Live for NBA and uh, the pre-lock show for NFL. So if you want to, if you want to, you know, take a, take a look and see what our, our Sims say and use our Simlabs tool, go to rotogrinders.com slash Simlabs. We also have a channel in the Discord. If you have any questions about it, our Discord is at rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And uh, I'll see you tom- tomorrow. NHL, NHL tomorrow, James. I'll be on. Tim Tim's going to be on tomorrow. We'll talk about the, the big NHL slate and, and answer your questions. You could always send in your questions to uh, questions at theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live because I'm here every, every weekday, 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about. Daily Fantasy, props and pick them on Roto Grind today.